0: Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Peterson, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Today, Elizabeth interviews quilt designer and fabric enthusiast, Corinne Sovey. They have a great chat about how Corinne started quilting, how her background as a graphic designer influences her quilt patterns, and her amazing fabric museum, as she calls it. So let's
1: get to it. This is Elizabeth, and I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Corinne Sovey. Corinne is a talented quilter and pattern designer living in Austin, Texas, whose beautiful quilt patterns are inspired by her passion for graphic design. Her pattern, Lovebirds, was recently featured in the February issue of American Patchwork and Quilting. Corinne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so much fun. I am excited to get to know a little bit more about you and introduce you to all of our listeners if if they're not already familiar with you. So, <laughs> I'm excited too. Yeah, well why don't we start out by just having you share a little bit about yourself and how your passion for quilting began.
2: Yeah, um, so again my name is Corinne Sophie. I am a full-time professional graphic designer living in Austin, Texas. I have a one-year-old crazy Pomeranian puppy and three senior kitties who live with me. And they're my quality control specialists. I am the daughter of a quilter. I grew up around quilts, crafting. I've tried every craft known to man. And the one that really stuck was quilting. I had moved from the DC area away from all my family and friends to Austin about 12 years ago. And I decided once moving away from my quilter mother, I was going to start quilting, which wasn't the best timing. So lots of Googling tutorials and calling my mom on the phone. And I decided to make a queen size quilt for my bed. I actually, I picked fabric, got a fat quarter bundle, and then was trying to find the right pattern for a beginner. And I ultimately went with five inch patchwork squares and really wish I had bought charm packs, but you know, beginner mistakes. It took me about a year to complete that first quilt. But once I was done with it, I was hooked. I I honestly was not hooked until the top was done. But once that queen size top was done, I was like, I looked at it and was like, oh, my goodness, I made that. That is so cool. And I just dove in and started learning all the things and researching different techniques and, you know, the million ways to make half square triangles and just went a little crazy. And since then, I've made hundreds of quilts. Um, I eventually got into designing my own quilts. I've had quilts in QuiltCon almost every year. So it's really just a huge part of my life now.
1: And so you've been designing for, uh, I think you said a little over 10 years, but you've made hundreds of quilts already. You just seem to be very prolific.
2: That is actually a word that others have used to describe me as prolific. Yes. <laughs> I have, I, I just, you know, whether they're small or large quilts, I just always seem to be working on something and usually more than one thing at a time.
1: And so being a graphic designer for your day job, did you, have you always just had that itch to like have this idea in the back of your mind? And you're like, Hey, I, I think this could be a quilt. Like, I'm just curious, how did you always have that itch to like be your own pattern designer? I I do think it was inevitable, but it wasn't even
2: something that crossed my mind when I first started quilting. My mom had put the quilting bug in my ear a couple of years before I started because I was a graphic designer and because of the Modern Quilt Guild was kind of getting up and running at that time. And she just thought that, you know, this is something I would really enjoy. Eventually I listened to her and I'm glad I did. After I had, had gone through all the things, teaching myself, figuring all of the basics out, I was really out there looking for more challenging patterns or just something new to try, which is ultimately what led me to design quilts in the first place. I I, I love graphics. I love bold, minimal. I love, you know, basic shapes and how they all work together. And so I do think it was a bit of a no-brainer that it would happen eventually. It just took me a little while to get there.
1: How long have you been designing your own patterns?
2: That is an excellent question.
1: I started about two
2: or three years after I started quilting. So at least seven years now. I'm terrible with with lining up dates and times. Everything seems like a blur nowadays, um, especially because it has been over a decade, but at least, at least around at least seven years, I think I've been doing it.
1: In what ways has being a graphic designer influenced some of your styles and how has it benefited you being a pattern designer? So I'm really drawn
2: to minimal geometric design and patterns. When I was in design school, they taught us how to use Adobe Illustrator, which changed my life. I Just absolutely love that program. I would spend eight hours a day in class and then come home and spend another eight hours a day just playing in the software because I loved it so much. So I'm able to easily sketch out what I want, which, you know, is a game changer. And I'm able to easily manipulate the program to quickly, you know, just design whatever my heart wants to design. Um, I love clean lines, bold colors. I love seeing how shapes work together. I've been a designer longer than I have been a quilter. And I think it's funny because, you know, the longer I've been quilting, it it kind of naturally, I just started seeing quilts in the design things that inspired me. And I started taking mental notes of like, that would be really great in a quilt or, you know, that style of graphic design would be really interesting to figure out how to turn into a textile. And so, you know, gradually that inspiration shifted from, you know, focused on graphic design to, hey, this is really quilt worthy. And, you know, I just, I love creating new things and playing around on the computer to figure out how to take a design I've made and turn it into a quilt. That's part of the fun challenge
1: for me. And I think what I love about so many of your patterns is that they require so many different techniques all in one quilt. Like you do not limit yourself to just one or two blocks that repeat. You are exploring curves and applique and foundation paper piecing, like whatever that design needs, you're going to figure out a way to make it work as a quilter. And I admire that so much about your patterns and yourself.
2: Thank you so much. And, you know, that's honestly one of the things that has evolved over time and something I really love because for people that are afraid of trying new techniques, you don't want to go and tackle a giant quilt where you're doing that technique for the entire thing, you know, that's really daunting. And so I feel like my patterns are really great skill builders for people that maybe haven't tried applique or haven't tried paper piecing. You get to kind of dabble in it, see if you like it. And if you don't like it, You can do that part of the quilt. It's done. You move on to the parts that you do enjoy. So that's one of my favorite things about, you know, using all of those techniques. And you were spot on. The reason I do it is, you know, I want to figure out how to make the design work. And so I really design with design in mind first and come up with a graphic that I like. And then I figure out how best can I make a quilt with this. And then I'll choose the technique that, you know, Is the easiest way to get it across. Sometimes I have to tweak things, you know, from the original design to make it work for a quilt. But um, design is definitely, you know, the first thing I think about, and then I just go through a completely different process of okay, now how do I make this work with fabric, which is fun in and of itself.
1: Yeah. Do you have a technique that you especially love doing yourself?
2: I I love applique, and I know a lot of people out there are afraid of it, and there are I actually did not love applique the first time I tried it because I used regular freezer paper. And I was like, this just is not as fun as I thought it would be, but I learned other ways like mylar, no melt, mylar plastic, heavy duty ironable freezer paper is amazing. Um, I used water soluble applique paper for a while. There are just so many different ways to do it that, you know, you can really find one that works for you and that you enjoy. I love that applique allows you to bring shapes into quilting that you can't get any other way you know and it's just those little accents here and there like you know the eyeballs on one of my characters or a little heart here or there It, you know it's just it's like little accents that just kind of bring a little bit of whimsy to a quilt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah and like you said it's kind of those baby steps into maybe discovering applique that it's not as scary as some quilters think that like oh, I can, I can applique a couple eyeballs onto this quilt that exactly. needs it. But like, you're not dedicating uh, the time or the energy into like, Doing a, an entire applique quilt right off the bat.
2: That would just be so overwhelming. And I think they're amazing. And eventually you can get to that point where you're like, this is what I want to tackle. But when you're starting off, it, it it can be scary. And, and you know, I like to encourage people to be fearless quilters. You know, don't be afraid of something until you've tried it. Try it and then try it again and maybe try it again. Things are achievable by anyone. Um, It's just a case of getting the right tips and tricks. And figuring out the method that works best for you. Yeah,
1: a lot of
0: experimentation, I think, too. For sure. We're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back with more of Elizabeth's interview. Welcome back. Next, Elizabeth and Corinne chat about color and fabric.
1: So you describe yourself as a color enthusiast and a fabric museum curator, which I just love that phrase. (laughs) That is so genius. Thank you. Um, so I was just curious if you could explain a little bit more about what you mean by a fabric museum curator and you know how that applies to like how you curate your fabric stash. And if you have any tips to share with the rest of us that want to also be fabric museum curators.
2: Absolutely. So I think that it's pretty common knowledge that quilting and fabric collecting can be two entirely different hobbies. Um, you know, as quilters, we all love fabric. And I found for my own personal stash that I am very drawn to prints and novelties and florals, but I don't use them a lot in my quilts. I tend to use a lot of solids. And so over the last decade, I found that my uh, stash of print fabric and florals and novelties just kept getting bigger because I wasn't using them. Um, and, you know, my, my solid stash would just get smaller. So ultimately I was like, you know what, this is just a fabric museum. It's got, you know, little pieces here and there throughout my journey as a quilter um, you know, it's definitely curated and it's something I'd love to look at. Um, I actually have bookcases along the back of my wall and they're all wrapped on many bolts arranged by color, or um, collection. And it just brings me joy to have my own museum of fabric. And so I I think a year or two ago, um, you know, I always see people talk about fabric hoarding and things like that. And I was like, you are not hoarding. You are a fabric museum curator, you know, let's, Let's, let's all, uh, you know, make that normal. We're all fabric museum curators and it's a good thing and it's something we love and that's awesome. And so, you know, I just kind of, people thought it was funny and I, you know, I have a couple shirts and some pouches and things that folks can get. But as far as, you know, curating your fabric museum, I think it's really important to figure out what the purpose of your stash is. Do you want to own a lot of fabrics that you are going to pull off the shelf and use? Or are you a little like me where you just want to have a pretty collection of fabric that you might use one day, but it's just fun to look at? My biggest tip, especially for newbie quilters, is Buy a lot of blenders or basics. You know, tone on tones. Even if you are drawn to those, you know, florals or really intricate prints. Um, one day you're going to go use that intricate print. And you're going to need to pull things from your stash that match with it or balance it out so that the quilt isn't so busy. And you're going to be very thankful that you've stocked up on a variety of different colors of blenders because there, it's just going to be so much easier to match something like that to that really busy print than it will be to find another busy print that goes together. So now, nowadays, I find that is what I accumulate the most of are, you know, the blenders, the basics, the tone on tone, something that, you know, I could use an almost any quilt depending on the color story and it would
1: work. Oh, that's a great tip. And you recently did an Instagram takeover for us and you shared your um, tips for how you store your fabric yardage on, um, I believe they're comic book boards. Is that correct? Yep. Comic yeah, book boards. So I just think that's so smart too, and such a beautiful way to display them kind of um, vertically. Uh, on a shelf too. And like, like you oh, said, yeah. they're like little mini bolts. They're so cute.
2: Yep. And they're, it's like having my own fabric shop, which, you know, would be amazing, but it's my own mini fabric shop is what
1: right. it is. Oh, but I, love that. Look, I love. they look
2: that really you're... nice just arranged on the mini bolts. They yeah. look
1: fun. I like that you've changed the narrative from fabric quarters to fabric media <laughs> curator. Like that's so much more positive. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Do you work primarily in, with solids in a lot of your quilts, but you also, I love that you mock up your patterns in a lot of different colorways and using some new fabric collections to inspire people that do love prints too. So it's great to see that your quilts and your patterns work beautifully for solids, but they also work great with prints too. So a lot of variety. I would love,
2: I would love to make them all in prints at some point. I find that I do a lot of my mock-ups before fabric is even out in shops. Um, And so it's hard to get your hands on, on things. And I actually, you know, I will buy the prints to make them later. They're all in my never ending queue. So, you know, I'd love to make every mock-up, but that hasn't happened yet.
1: One day. So you recently moved to a new apartment where you um, said that you now have your own sewing studio, your own space there. What are one or two things about your space that you love?
2: My absolute favorite thing, and I've I've mentioned this, I think on Instagram and a few other places, is my DIY cutting table. So I got some cube storage from Target. They're just uh, nine cube storage. So three rows of three. And I bookended them on cube storage, two units that are 12 cubes. So it's four by three. And then I had Home Depot cut a three quarter inch plywood board to size to fit the top of the cube storage. And then I layered two layers of batting with a heat reflective ironing safe fabric so that I can use the entire table as an ironing board, which really comes in handy when I'm ironing my quilt tops or preparing a quilt back. But I'm also able to keep half of the table as an ironing station and the other half I put my 24 by 36 cutting mat on so I can use that as my cutting station. Anytime I need to iron a full quilt top, I just take the cutting mat off. I can also put two cutting mats on the table so I can trim my quilts um, easily, which is another really huge perk. And the cube storage allows me to store, you know, I can store anything in there. I usually will put projects, works in progress, things like that. I have a little quilt library of quilt books along the bottom row of one side, but it's just so versatile and it is, it takes up a lot of space, but it is, it's just, you know, you're there all the time as a quilter and it was just really easy and inexpensive to do. And, and I just, I love it. It's one of my absolute favorite things. I think my Caverca Museum might have to be my other one. I know we've talked a lot about it, but I I just, you know, I it's grown over the years. I started off with one bookshelf and now I have a lot of bookshelves, but it just brings me so much joy. And I actually find that, you know, once or twice a year, I'll go through my stash and I'll curate it again. I'll be like, okay, this no longer is speaking to me. This is where I have some holes. This is what I need to shop for. So it gives me an excuse to play with my fabric that isn't necessarily sewing. And it's just fun to look at. It, it makes my wall bright and happy, which
1: I love. Yeah, it's such a statement piece too. You oh, know? For sure. You don't need a uh, wall art when you have a whole museum. of. Yeah, fabric, I, so. it,
2: it takes up a lot of wall space, but <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs>
0: yeah, beautiful. Here's another quick ad break. We're back. One note, Elizabeth chatted with Corinne before QuiltCon in Atlanta, which just happened this past weekend.
1: So this fall, um, you had your first booth at Quilt Market in Houston, which is actually, I got to see that in person, and it was so beautiful. And then you're also going to be at QuiltCon coming up in Atlanta. Just wondering what you're looking forward to about QuiltCon and any other plans you have for 2023.
2: Yeah. Market was a ton of fun. It was so great to meet you and all these wonderful people that, you know, I hadn't had only, you know, communicated with online because of the pandemic. It was our first chance to all meet in person. So that was a great way to kick off the season. And now we've got QuiltCon. Um, I'm actually teaching three workshops and giving two lectures. So I'm going to be very busy, but um, I am just so excited to go and see more people and be around quilters. You know, I always leave energized and just ready to, you know, do the next thing. After QuiltCon, my big goal is to blog more. I have been a little absent in the blogging world because I've been so focused on writing patterns and all that that entails. But my focus for the rest of the year is to really get, you know, more tutorials on my website for different techniques, you know, not just one type of applique, but all the different ways you can do it so that people have a resource to go to when, you know, they're a little afraid of tackling one of my patterns. I want to get those up there so people can, you know, find the method that works for them. And I just am looking forward to talking Quilty with people again on the blog. I actually had a blog um, when I first started quilting about my beginner quilter journey. I blogged under the name Must Love Quilts. Um, I think it's still online. So you can go back and see what my my early days were like. But I used to post a bunch of tutorials and just kind of, you know, fun things. And it was it was a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to that and just, you know, getting more resources up there, um, I think will be helpful and fun for me.
1: Well, I look forward to all that you have planned. That sounds great. All right. Well, to wrap up the interviews, I always love to do a series of what we call rapid fire questions. So I'll just ask you a series of questions and whatever kind of pops into your head will be great. Sounds good. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite season to quilt and decorate for? I think I might have an idea for your (laughs) answer here.
2: (laughs) I can't pick one it's Halloween and Christmas I am equally split by how much I love them both they were just huge parts of my childhood I had parents who would decorate the house for both occasions you know and it just really stuck with me so um I think my Halloween quilt patterns outnumber my Christmas ones right now but that's something that I'm sure I'll remedy in the future because they both hold a huge place in my heart
1: yeah you can even out that number a little bit yeah (laughs) All right. Number two, what is a sewing notion that you couldn't quilt without? I am a
2: creative grids, crazy person. I will not use any other ruler. I have a a bunch of them. Um, I started off with just, you know, your typical six and a half by 24 and a half, but um, my collection has since grown. I just think they're a game changer and they make everything, they make my life easier. And that alone, you know, makes me love them.
1: Yeah. Love any notion that makes our lives easier. Right. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Next one. I'm curious. What do you have playing in the background while you quilt? Do you listen to music, podcasts, TV, or do you just sew in silence?
2: I do it all, depending on my mood. You know, sometimes it's a podcast. Sometimes I turn, I binge watch a TV show that doesn't require too much attention or for background noise. Sometimes I sew. I mean, I really do anything. It you know, any given day. Sometimes I have a concert in my sewing room and I just sing to my animals and drive them crazy. So um, really, anything goes.
1: All right. If space or money wasn't an issue, what would you purchase for your dream sewing space?
2: A long arm. That is the easiest question. I desperately want one and love using them. I rent time on them all the time. Um, and it would just be so convenient to have that in my, in my studio. That's my goal.
1: Someday, right? Yep. (laughs) All right. And the last question is what is your favorite part about being a quilter and a pattern designer? Hands down,
2: my absolute favorite thing about being a pattern designer is seeing all of the amazing quilts that people make with my patterns. It is the reason I do it. I would be very happy just making quilts for myself and designing them. The only reason I write patterns is because I want other people to make them. You know, it it just brings me so much joy to get on Instagram or Facebook or something and see that someone has taken, you know, a little piece of my work, but turned it into something of their own. And not just that, you know, often they're gifted to people that they love. So it's just this, you know, this quilty hug that goes out. And that just, you know, really humbles me and makes me keep going when it comes to patterns and seeing what people do with them. You know, their their fabric choices, their color choices. The fact that people are tackling skills they never thought they'd do, you know, that just makes me so happy that, you know, they loved the pattern and they, you know, I never wanted to do applique. Now I'm not so afraid of it. It is the reason I do this. So if you guys make any of my patterns, please, you know, shout out to me on Instagram or send me an email. If you're not on Instagram, show me your quilts; I just love seeing them so much. It makes me so happy. And you guys are the reason I do this.
1: That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much for being a guest today. And what is, what is the best way for people to connect with you?
2: Yeah. So uh, my website is corinnesophie.com. One R two Ns very easy to misspell. Um, on Instagram, that's where I post mostly. Um, it's Corinne.sovi. So again, my name, nice and easy. And then um, I do have a Facebook page for Corinne Sovi quilts and patterns, I think. Um, but if you just type Corinne Sovi in there, you'll see the, the pattern one come up. So I would love for you guys to, you know, check out my website, follow me on Instagram, say hi. Always looking to make more quilty friends.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. And we will be sure to link all of Corinne's social media and website down below in the show notes so you can easily connect with her in the future. Thanks again, Corinne.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun.
1: Thanks so much,
0: Elizabeth, for that great interview. And thanks, Corinne, for taking the time to chat with us today. I loved hearing about your quilting journey. Check the show notes for the links to Corinne's social media. There you'll find photos of her amazing sewing room setup and the shelves of her fabric museum that she talked about today. She also recently did a takeover on the All People Quilt Instagram account, so you can see those photos there as well. You just have to scroll back a little bit. Before we go, I wanted to remind everyone that the Scrappy Celebration Quilt Along just kicked off last week. We're starting block construction this week, so there's still time to join. The quilt is on the cover of the April issue of American Patchwork and Quilting. It's made up of 13 different blocks and is a great stash busting project. The people in our Facebook group have already posted some of their blocks and it's been so fun to see the different fabric combinations. If you're still picking fabrics, we do have a great resource for you. The Electric Quilt Company has a free download of the quilt, so if you already have EQ8 software, You can add your fabric choices right into the layout really easily. It's a great way to audition fabrics before starting your quilt. If you don't have the software, they're offering a 25% discount to purchase it. Go to allpeoplequilt.com and search Scrappy Celebration to find the page with all the details or check the show notes for that link. There you'll find the info on where to find the pattern, how much fabric you'll need, and the link to the Electric Quilt website so you can get that download or the discount. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderfully quilty week!